Welcome to the Pre-Snap Podcast, presented by Thrive Fantasy. Here's your host, Casey Bubba and Scott Bodman. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Pre-Snap Podcast, brought to you by the wonderful people at Line Star Sports. Make sure you check them out on uh, the old Twitter there at Linestar app and at Linestar NFL. You will not regret all the cool content uh, and breaking news, letting you know when your guys, you know, like, hey, Trey Sermon, scratched, healthy scratch. Oh, so much, so much fun Lord. stuff. We'll get to that. We will get to that. Trust me. But uh, they, they keep you up to date on all that cool stuff. So you might want to check that out. Plus the, uh, the touchdown calls of the week, which we uh, do each and every week as well. So come, come uh, check them out on Twitter and make sure you download the app in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Give you all the tools you need to build your winning DFS lineups in all sports, but especially NFL. So make sure you get to that. This is our weekly recap episode. First one of the week where we go over all of the games from the previous week. Give you some waiver wire tips and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at Pediatric and my co-host as always on these wonderful Line Star Endeavors on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Scotty Bogman, how we doing, man? I'm doing great. I mean, it's a beautiful day to be alive. You know, uh, Steelers 1-0, Browns 0-1-1, Ravens, 0-1-1. Uh, I absolutely love it. So I am uh, ready for football. Other, you left out the other team in the North. How'd they do? Uh, the Bengals won, but, uh, you know, had to win in overtime. So it's okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. my, my Steelers beat, you know, who yes. was a lot of people's Super Bowl pick week one in Buffalo. So I, am, I was, uh, you know, understandably excited. So. Very understandable. It's like when I woke up on Monday morning, I tweeted it out. It's always nice waking up on a Monday morning knowing that the Dolphins went into Foxborough to hand them a, a loss. It's always a beautiful day. So, right. um, yeah, it's always fun. I don't care. I don't care how ugly it, people might have said it better. All the fumble handed, I don't care. They left with the dub. <laughs> That's all that matters to me. So, I uh, like get that, some of that, uh, that meme. We do not care. Don't care. We do not care. care. W in the column. So just let that one happen. But let's get at it, folks. Recapping each and every game from the NFL Week 1 action. Get off with them Thursday night football bogs. The season started off with an awesome game. Great fireworks. Cowboys go into Tampa Bay and almost shocked the world, losing to the Bucs 31-29. Last second field goal uh, made it happen there. But Dak looked absolutely amazing. Zeke was invincible. Lamb and uh, and, um, and company did their job. So what were your takeaways from this Bucs cowboys game? I mean, Cooper was just huge, you know, a uh, huge, huge game for him with the two touchdowns lamb produced. And also, you know, uh, Gallup was huge. And you mentioned this when we did our radio show uh, right after that game where, um, you know, Wilson came in and got four targets. That third wide receiver spot is viable uh, right now. Um, and also, as soon as Ronald Jones, he might be a flat drop. Uh, in, in your season long leagues, because as soon as he had that fumble, it was radio silence. I think he had six snaps for the game. Fournette outplayed him. Bernard outplayed him. So uh, Mike Evans did get um, uh, kind of locked out a little bit, but they, I mean, there were just a couple plays by a fraction of an inch here and there where he would have been huge. And I'm not panicking about Zeke. He had 70 snaps, so he will be okay. They are not going to throw the ball 58 times every single game. Yeah, Zeke's a great buy low spot for sure because it'd be one thing if he wasn't on the field like Ronald Jones, but he was there. It was just a game flow dictated. Well, okay, I won't say that because we were kind of stifled about you expected more running kind of early on, and that just never happened. It's like these teams are going for it, which is fun, made for a great game. Shows how explosive these offenses can be, especially in, in Dallas. So it'll be uh, fun to see there. You mentioned Wilson. 
I think he's going to get a ton of run because that Cowboys defense is bad. It's going to be thrown a lot this year. But, yeah, Zeke for sure. I love Bruce Arians' comments after uh, the day after. He says, well, I didn't put Jones back in because he was just shook. You just looked frazzled after that. I'm like, yeah, that's what it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, he looked <laughs> frazzled. So, um, okay, Bruce, go get him, Mr. Fedora. So, yeah, get, that, that was a pretty good one. But great way to start off the season. Bucks go 1-0. Cowboys 0-1. Wouldn't be too worried about the Cowboys watching the way the NFC East played this past weekend. Jaguars, Texans kicked us off on Sunday. And, boy, did this shock a lot of people. Texans dominate. They win 37-21 over the Jags. Lawrence throws three picks. Looked all the bit of a rookie against this Texans defense. But to me, Boggs, you could say Tyrod was really good. Cooks ate all these things. What shocked me the most slash made me angry the most was was Ingram going nuts with like 26 carries for the Houston Texans. Right. Well, look, you know, they they he was first guy out there in all the preseason games. He was uh, first reps with the first team. They moved David Johnson down. Now, here's the most annoying part of all of it, uh, because, look, you can't take away Ingram is going to get 20 carries a game because when are the Texans going to be up again on another team? Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen sure. very often. Right. So they're going to be, be playing from behind more, which means Lindsay and um, and uh, uh, David Johnson are going to get way more involved. And they all scored a touchdown, which is the most annoying part about this. So um, they're all used in the red zone. They're all going to be used all year. It's uh, freaking annoying. But pretty much everything you can take away from this is uh, Tyrod was Ty God this week. And uh, Brandon Cooks is still viable. Uh, Jacksonville, I'm worried about uh, Clyde, uh, uh, Carlos oh, Hyde man. and yep. uh, James Robinson uh, splitting the workload here. Now, Robinson did outsnap uh, Hyde significantly. But they were down the whole game. So is that how Jacksonville is going to work? Is James Robinson the passing guy and uh, Hyde is the running guy? Or is Hyde the hammer hammer them with Hyde in the first half and hit him with James Robinson in the second half? I just don't know. So that one is a little bit concerning for me. Yeah, so the James Robinson thing is, is what confused me a, a ton as well as they did not um, carry the ball until like the end of the first quarter and Hyde got the first two carries. So that was a, a rough one to say the least. And um, on the Houston side of it, I have cooks all over the place. So I'm happy about that. And Tyrod looks like he can be a fantasy viable streamer from time to time. So that'll be fun going forward as well. All right, Chargers at the Washington football team. Chargers went 20-16. to 16. They dominated this game. Fitzmagic uh, to the IR with a hip uh, injury. So we got uh, Henneke in there. Gibson got banged up a bit too. It was an overall wonky game, but Keenan Allen did Keenan Allen things. Williams did pretty solid as well. What are your takeaways from this one? Yeah, I mean, I think that J.D. McKissick's going to get more involved, so I'm not hitting the panic button on him quite yet, but Gibson is the guy there. So uh, don't be surprised if uh, everybody else gets phased out eventually. But I do think that with the new quarterback, he'll check down a little bit more. McKissick will um, become relevant again. Other than that, I don't think that there's a whole hell of a lot to take away from this game outside of Fitzpatrick's injury, of course. But um, Dimey Brown had the second most wide receiver snaps, but Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, McKissick, he's still kind of the fourth option there. Um the only other thing that I, I liked about this game was Larry Roundtree being the second option for the Chargers. So um, he's going to be in play because Eckler can't take all the carries. Small guy. So uh, Roundtree is now the the second guy in L.A. Yep. Got to keep an eye on for sure. As we know, Eckler gets banged up from time to time, so you might get a nice Roundtree week from, from time to time as well. Uh, Seahawks at the Indianapolis Colts. Seahawks did their thing, winning 28-16 to in Indy. Uh, Wilson, efficient as usual. 
Lockett ate. Metcalf eventually ate, so that was all great. Um, Colts, they weren't great, but they looked okay. Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor were leading the world in targets. Uh, Pascal had two touchdowns. So a very, very interesting game, to say the least, but the Seahawks looked pretty good overall. Uh, what's your takeaways here? Well, uh, Michael Pittman was disappointing. Yes, know, big so. time. That that one is a little bit concerning. That was a guy that we both liked uh, for DFS this week, and it obviously didn't pay out because Pascal had the two touchdowns. But Carson Wentz was rusty as hell, man. Like you know, uh, I I guess I just didn't take it into account because he's worked with Frank Reich before, so I kind of figured he would be okay in this offense. But um, he just needs to knock the rust off. He obviously had the the uh, the knee thing, and then the COVID and all that stuff. So. Uh, I expect him to get better. I mean, this was a perfect formula. This is exactly how Seattle wins games. You let Russ cook in the first half, throw three touchdowns, and then you run Chris Carson down people's throat in the second half. Of course, Rashad Penny played in a game, so he's hurt. So uh, that's not surprising, but uh, they'll be okay moving forward. But this is a perfect scenario for Seattle. This is exactly what they want to do. Yep, nice, nice road win for them to start the season. Jets at the Panthers. This was something. Uh, Panthers went 19 to 14. Wilson looked like a rookie. Didn't look as bad as Trevor Lawrence, but looked like a rookie. Darnold had some couple big plays to uh to Robbie Anderson had a big touchdown. CMC was the fantasy star player that we've missed for a whole season. He's just amazing for what he did without even scoring a touchdown, I believe. So he was great. <laughs> yeah. And then uh Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall people, this is uh, gonna be a thing eventually, sooner than later. So what else did you get from this one? I mean, the Jets running back situation is a mess, so uh, not going to be messing with that until it's fixed, especially in DFS. You're right. Marshall out-targeted Robbie Anderson. Uh, Anderson did get the touchdown. Uh, uh, you know, one catch for 57 yards and a score is nice, but uh, Marshall out-targeted him 6-3. to three. So uh, that is going to be interesting moving forward. But Darnold, with the, that three-headed monster plus McCaffrey, might be a little underrated most weeks so uh i like donald moving forward yeah because the last thing i'll say for that game is in reality if you if you guys look at if you actually watch the game or just look at the highlights and like the quick view on the nfl package or whatever the, the panthers should have even more points like they left yeah. they left a lot on the field that, that should have been a bloodbath so definitely something to take away from that one vikings at Bengals. Bengals win in ot 27 24 they let the vikings back in it but they got the job done. Burrow looked efficient, yet still very good. Him and T. Higgins still mono mono seeing things beautifully. And Chase looked awesome. So Burrow's got his boys. They're looking good. Boyd was kind of invisible in this game. Mixing eight. Uh, Vikings, uh, Thielen did his thing in the red zone especially. They mixed it up. Uh, was it Osborne or whatever? He came out of nowhere. Very interesting game, Bobby. And what's your takeaway from this Bengals-Vikings game? Yeah, I mean, I think all three of these wide receivers are definitely going to get involved, and it's going to be annoying. But Jamar Chase did lead in snaps and targets and catches. So uh, we like Jamar Chase here. Uh, Higgins scored the touchdown. Uh, I think Boyd is kind of clearly clearly third, but he'll get mixed in. Um, I was impressed. Joe Mixon, he did go to the sideline, everybody, <laughs> you know, but he had over 30 touches. So that was nice. And um, on the Vikings side, I mean, Cook had the big fumble at the end of the game, and that's why they lost. But uh, he still had 26 uh, touches in this game. Not surprising. Uh, Thielen back in the end zone twice when everyone called for touchdown regression. You know, uh, Justin Jefferson's going to be fine. Still had nine targets. But like you said, KJ Osborne had nine targets. But I don't know how often 
you know, the Vikings are going to have to be playing from that far behind. So uh, not rushing to the wire for Osborne. What I'm curious to see is this Bengals defense really this good against the run or is this like a week one thing? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing because they shut Cook down, which was quite surprising to me and probably many other people. So week one we'll for everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we'll have to see how that, that plays out because I think you and I both thought this, this Bengals defense, Swiss cheese, they at least had a couple holes clogged. So that was interesting. Yeah. Cardinals at Titans. Cardinals went in there. Kyler Murray looked amazing. They won 38 to 13. He was running around, making plays, doing just the dirty, dirty stuff. Uh, Hopkins found the end zone twice. Moore had a couple of catches. Green was a nice wide receiver, too, there. They looked great. They looked every bit the part. The Titans looked rusty as all heck. So that's the takeaway I got from this game. But Kyler, we said it on the DFS show before he got hurt, he was the, wide, the quarterback one. So he showed he's healthy. And he looked amazing in week one. Yeah, I mean, and he looked like the second best player in this game because Chandler Jones had five sacks. So, yes. uh, you know, but Kyler Murray definitely looks like an MVP candidate right now. So uh, four touchdowns, also ran for one. So five scores, just incredible. Um, I'm not going to buy in on Christian Kirk quite yet. So uh, we'll we'll save that for the waiver wire, but I ain't doing it. Um, uh, the titans are going to be okay this is not what they're built for they're not built for getting down and coming back because even with aj brown and julio julio clearly wasn't ready to go um and you can't you know there's not a lot you can do with derrick henry when you're down by three scores so uh they're going to be okay i think they'll knock this one off but they probably did come in a year a little overrated yeah the titans will be fine i'm with you there but uh when Julio gets on track, they'll be just fine. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. But this Arizona team, I'm loving it. And I have no Kirk this year. I usually have him everywhere. So I hope it's not a thing. I'm with you there. Uh, Niners at the Lions in this one. Niners hang on to win 41 to 33. <laughs> they were absolutely trucking Detroit in this game. Most are left early. He's out eight weeks now, at least, with a knee injury. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch before the game. Brandon Ayuk might as well have been a, a healthy scratch. Debo was a beast, which I was very pumped up about. Uh, we saw a little Trey Lance packages out there. The, the Niners had a little bit of everything, but the Lions bogged. The Lions, um, you know, you got Swift and Williams being good out of the backfield. Some interesting takeaways from this game. What do you think? Yeah, well, first of all, Sermon's going to be involved this week because Mostert uh, is on the IR. So uh, we'll see how they mix it up, but I expect it to be uh, annoying and awful, just like week one was. Um, but I tell you what, I did scoop Eli Mitchell in four leagues before kickoff. So um love Eli Mitchell. So I, I hope they go back to him, but I don't know with what level of confidence uh, I would say. I guess maybe because Shanahan said he flat out beat Sermon, they'll go first to him, but uh, that remains to be seen. No surprise that Swift and Williams were the biggest offensive producers for the Lions at all. Um, you know, obviously Hawkinson was big too. Um, but uh, you know, I, I expect Amonra St. Brown to get more involved. Quentin Cephas, uh Quintez Cephas looks like the best wide receiver on this team, but he had the fewest snaps of all wide receivers. So maybe we'll see that increase. Maybe he'll earn himself some time, but uh it's gonna be a mess in Detroit outside of Swift and Williams moving forward and Hawkinson, of course. I was about to say, it's going to be Hawkinson on the running backs because Goff just doesn't throw it down the field. It's just not what mm-hmm. he does. He's not built for it. So it's going to be tough to have like a lockdown receiver in this situation, especially for fantasy purposes. Uh, before we get to the rest of the games on this slate, I need to remind you guys that the pre-snap podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy Prop betting at its finest. Really, really cool stuff here. They have, each week they have 20 prop bets. You pick 10 of them. You pick an over or an under. Different points for the over, different points for the under. 
get the most correct uh, picks right, get the most points, you win. It's a tournament-based format, 10 out of 20 prop bets, tons and tons of fun. And when you use promo code LINESTAR, L-I-N-E-S-T-A-R, you get a first-time deposit match up to $100, but it gets better. You also get two free months of LineStar Premium. So go check out LineStar.com, download the app in the App Store, create an account, download and uh, make a deposit. Use promo code LineStar to get all the cool stu- stuff and things over there. You will not regret it. We cover some um, Thrive bets each week on the betting podcast. So come check all that out as well. Back to the recap of Sunday's action. Steelers at the Bills. Steelers win 23-16. to 16. Like Some might say this was a boring game. This was two really good <laughs> football teams going at it is the way I'd see it. Um, I was very tilted because on one of my prop bets, I had Deontay Johnson, over five and a half receptions. He caught five of his 10 targets. So that is tilting as all get up. <laughs> but I'm expecting that from him because he's still awesome. This isn't downplaying Deontay. It's just he literally caught half of his passes. That's so yeah. annoying. He, oh, some were over his head, some were under him, but he also drops them. So. Yeah. But then you had Najee Harris playing 100% of the snaps. No other running back did this this past week. That's good to see. Ben did look yes. rusty. Was Ben rusty or is Ben just kind of that's what Ben's going to be now? Uh, the, on- the, the O-line was terrible. So they played real bad. Uh, couldn't get Najee. Couldn't get room uh, to run. I mean, the Bills' defense is good. So yeah. you know they, they have ball hawking linebackers. Greg uh, Gregory Rousseau looks like a dude uh, on their defensive line. Ed Oliver definitely took a step up from last year as well. So the defense is strong in Buffalo. But uh, and this is their first game. The Steelers' O line is going to gel. They're going to get better. But I mean, they switched out centers at halftime. You know, uh, it was ugly. So they had to win with splash plays and defense, and that's exactly what they did. You know, the punt block for a touchdown, uh, stripped Josh Allen uh, one time too, and uh, that unbelievable touchdown catch by Deontay. It's just beautiful. So he's a beast. I can't, I know you can't stand it as a Steelers fan, just a smart guy, but everybody that bashes Deontay for drop passes, like, get a grip. Like, the dudes, they keep throwing it to him for a reason, even when he right. drops it. So, like, get mm-hmm. over it. He's awesome. And it was a good good win for the Steelers because I know neither one of us was super confident in it this week. So No, no. That's, I, that's thought, I thought they were going to get rolled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Buffalo's a good team. And Buffalo, I can't believe Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. That would just really surprise me. Weird. So. Very weird. Yeah, because they got, had, uh, more, you know, Brieta was the second uh, back. And uh, Raiders the second back, and they had Isaiah McKenzie uh, lining up in the backfield. So I don't know what the hell that was all about. So it's just really screwy from the Bills. But Diggs did his thing. Beasley still involved and had 13 targets. So, uh, you know, uh, this is still a good squad for Buffalo. They're going to win a bunch of games this year. Let's talk really screwy. Eagles go into Atlanta and beat the Falcons. Falcons 32-6. to six. Um, It started out, both teams scored out the gate. Looked like we're going to have a fun one, like we talked about on the pre-snap uh, DFS and betting show. Overlooked great in this game. Not so fast, my friends. Um, the Eagles kept playing. The Falcons did not. That's pretty much the gist of it. Jalen Hurts looks really, really good. It is the Falcons, though. But if you look at all of Hurts' performances fantasy-wise, he's been very, very fantasy-worthy of late. So you got uh, that going for you. Jalen Rager scored a touchdown, which is good to see. Devontae Adams was everything a first-round pick should be. You Devontae had Smith. Uh, yeah. Devontae Smith. Sorry, Devontae Adams did not do what every first-round pick should be. <laughs> we will get to that shortly. Devontae Smith, um, he beasted out for sure. And then the running situation, Gainwell, a little RB2 action there. But overall, liked that. The Falcons, they're still going to have some fantasy relevance, but it was just a really, really bad football game. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, for the Atlanta side, I picked Philly uh, because I just don't like Atlanta's defense. Their pass rush is non-existent. Jalen Hurts didn't feel any pressure, and he ran all over them and uh, for 62 yards and passed all over them, 27 to 35 for uh, three touchdowns. I mean, um, this is just what you're going to see from Atlanta. You're going to see shootout games with them. Hopefully, they start to put up more than three points or six points or whatever it was. So, um, And Pitts, buy low on him. Yes. Um, Calvin's going to be fine. Mike Davis is going to be fine. I don't think Cordell Patterson is going to start, no. uh, is going to get this many touches because they scored six points. You can't win the game with Cordell Patterson getting that many touches. So, um, for me, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway here is Miles Sanders is still their guy. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is going to be involved though. Boston Scott, I don't even know if he got a helmet. He didn't get a touch. So, no. um, you know, so the Eagles uh, look pretty good and I, I think they might have been a little underrated coming into the year. Yeah. If, if Hertz can play like this, this is why uh, people thought I was crazy the year the Dolphins took Tua. Like, I love Tua, but I was like, go get um, Bosa or whatever it was. I can't remember who was that year. It might have been Bosa. I said, go get some whatever defender it was and then get Hertz with your late first round pick. And people were like, no, you're stupid. I'm like, Hertz isn't that bad. Like, he's like, Tua's probably more talented, but Hertz is doable. And like, <laughs> early on, it looks good. But uh, Atlanta side, I'm with you. Pitts, nearly 30% target share still. Like He's still getting a lot of touch, a lot of looks. And Davis looks fine. They're going to be just fine. Browns at Chiefs, this game was awesome. This is what I was hoping it would be. I think it could have been even better, but it'll work. Chiefs win 33-29, coming from behind as the Browns pretty much dominated this game. And surprisingly, it was on the ground with Chubb. I was expecting much more through the air. Mayfield was still good, but Chubb dominated on the ground. And then the three-pack of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey just went, no, not so fast, my friends. We're going to take <laughs> this one down the second half. Like, they just just abused people, putting up fancy points like bananas. We'll talk about that later this week. But really good football game. I like both these teams going forward. I know both of us do. So I'm not surprised by how this game turned out, but I thought it was a great football game. Yeah, it really was. And, uh, you know, it it did not – the the it worked out what I said because obviously this game uh, went over, but – it didn't play as I thought. I didn't think the Browns would get the lead and the Chiefs come back on them. I thought it was going to be the other way around, but all my props still hit and all that good stuff. Uh, Jarvis Landry over four and a half. Uh, Baker threw it for over 300. Um, I think the the one takeaway from this game, I would say, is that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be okay. 14 rushes for 43 yards. Dominated snaps for this team. You know, Bell is gone. There's no more nonsense with him. He's going to be fine. And, you know, Hill and Kelsey are still pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is McCole Hardman was clearly the wide receiver, too, but this offense runs through two guys. So it's, it's, it's tough. Like you can put them out there because they're going to have Edward Solaire's the third. Yeah. You know? So that's the thing is like you can roster Hardman because you know that he'll have like a couple games here and there, but it's, going to be hard to tell when because they're going to when they need to they're going to the big boys and that's all there is to it so that's tricky but the browns were a lot of fun a lot of good and it was uh it was good to see landry and obj was a, a scratch as well so we haven't even seen him out there yet uh hooper though that's one to keep an eye on if you're looking for tight end action because he's uh they well, were using Joku, him early in, uh in joku too. him yeah well, actually hooper did it in like the first three drives and he disappeared for Njoku. it was a weird yeah. game but i guess that shows how talented the browns actually are now to tell you the truth yeah they're actually a legit football team it's a weird sentence to say yeah i'll say it for you because i know you can't um saints at the packers this one pray for the lions this monday night that's all i have to say <laughs> um saints win 38 to 3 aaron Rodgers, i think got like three fantasy points maybe and it was the worst production of his career when it comes to fantasy 
So obviously no one else showed up. Aaron Jones, I thought was a sneaky play this week. He did nothing. But the Saints, Jameis, Jameis went bananas in this game. Kamara looked awesome. Kind of disappeared in the second half because they didn't need him. But a really good game, and I hate to break it to you guys, but there's a, a new tight end in New Orleans. So what do you got on this one? Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and <laughs> that new tight end. Uh, he's a red zone target, but Troutman outsnapped him 51-12. So I think Troutman's going to be their guy moving forward. Jonathan did score two times here, though, and he might be a red zone option. So I have to give that up. Uh, look, on the Green Bay side, I take this game. I uh, roll it up and I throw it right in the trash and I don't care about anything that happened in it at all because they are not going to be like this. Like Bubba said, pray for Detroit this week. Uh, They should come back and absolutely dominate and um, look great. On the Saints side, I think Troutman's your guy to pick up. I don't want anything to do with Harris. Uh, Juwan Johnson, uh, maybe if you want, I guess. Uh, Callaway wasn't great either, but uh, I don't think this is going to be a script that uh, New Orleans gets to run a ton either. So for me, it, I just kind of take this game as a whole and trash it outside of maybe grabbing Jameis Winston because he looked pretty good out there. Because at worst, we know even when the script's the other way, when they're playing from behind, Jameis has no problem. He's like a Fitzpatrick type. He'll throw it everywhere, picks or no picks. He put up one of the best fantasy seasons that one year with the Bucks, where he still threw for like 30-something picks and 30-some touchdowns. It did not matter. So he'll do Jameis things, and he proved that this past weekend. Broncos at the Giants. Broncos went 27-13. Teddy B looks pretty solid in that game. Melvin Gordon busted off a big run. Javante Williams still kind of was the – they kind of split the work, but he had a nice workload early on. If, if Melvin doesn't bust that one out, that might have been interesting. Um, the Jerry Judy injury is not good, not good at all. Out six to eight weeks, most likely, if not more, with high ankle sprain. So, uh, what else you got from us in this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, I hate what the Giants are doing on offense. Uh, the offensive line is really bad. I don't know why Saquon was in there for the whole third quarter if you're not going to give him the ball. Like, it just it didn't, nothing looked right on offense for them. Uh, and they got a short week. So, we'll see what goes on there. Uh, as far as Denver's concerned, um, I'm with you. I think Javante is a buy low, and I would take him over Gordon for the rest of the season, although Gordon did have the big 70-yard touchdown. Um, Judy going down really sucks, but Tim Patrick is your ad, not K.J. Hamler. Outsnapped him and had the touchdown over him. But, you know, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant might be uh, um, a producer in his his absence as well. Uh, But Cortland Sutton is going to do better than one catch. I expect Fant to to step it up and Williams to step it up. Just not a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, the consistency from Bridgewater really hasn't been a thing in the past. The one thing I'll say with the Giants, loving me my Sterling Shepard action because I drafted him everywhere late because no one wanted him. So out of the slot, he'll get to, he'll get some action for sure. Three more games to go here. Dolphins, Patriots, Dolphins win 17-16. Tua did just enough. Mac Jones looks really good. I liked what we got out of Jalen Waddell. Uh, defenses reign supreme in this game. Dolphins escape. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I hate this game. I despise it. Um, your Dolphins mixed up the running backs like they said they would, and I hate yep. that. I think Gaskin should get it, but uh, they went to Ahmed. They went to Brown. They even brought in Brissett for a fourth and one. Uh, like I hate all that stuff. Uh, Waddle was great, but we're going to get Will Fuller back this week. So uh, who knows if that is going to stay the same. And on the Patriots side, uh, Damien Harris had a great game, looked really awesome, and then fumbled at the end. Is that going to cost him playing time? I don't think it should. 
But I think Steve, that Stevenson had a fumble too. So I think we're good. And it cost Stevenson playing time. He yep. he had his early, so we could see it. Damian Harris's was to lose the game. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Aguilar was good. James White back on track with his seven targets. Jacoby Myers led with nine targets. So uh, that was good. And then, you know, Smith and Henry both working out there pretty well. Um, and Mac Jones looked better than Tua. Mac Jones yes. looked real good. So uh, like what I saw out of him. Mac Jones looked like the best rookie uh, quarterback this weekend. There's no questioning that at all. That's why <laughs> the fact that the Niners – Lance better be good. That's all I got to say. Lance better be good because <laughs> that one I, I will razz my buddies for a long, long time. Sunday night football, Bears at the Rams is kind of what I expected to happen. Rams throttle the Bears 34-14. Stafford looks great. He spread it around a cup and company. The Bears, Andy Dalton looked like Andy Dalton. You know, we had a little bit of fields action, but then he kind of struggled a little bit late too. It better be his starting spot here pretty quickly, but the Rams look good, Boggs. Yeah, I mean, if Nagy wants to keep his job, he'll start Justin Fields. And I'm not worried about Allen Robinson. He got Ramsey, you know, so I'm okay with him. Uh, and Dave Montgomery looked amazing. So uh, that was good to see. On the Rams side, I mean, who's your MVP if the season ended right now? Thankfully, it doesn't. We have way more weeks. But um, if it ended right now, would you give it to Stafford or would you give it to Kyler? I give it to Kyler. Kyler did it on the road. Yeah, I give it to Kyler too, but Stafford looks like he's going to be in play for that. So Big he time. looked real good. Cup looked great. Van Jefferson with a huge play to start it. Higby, uh, one of his favorites. I want to see Robert Woods get more involved, of course. But um, this was a solid game for the Rams and not a surprise at all. That's what I was going to ask you. That was a big talking point on Twitter today, the snap shares and everything, because Van Jefferson kind of had the upper hand there on Woods, and uh, it showed throughout the, the the whole game. Are you concerned for Woods at all? Not really. Uh, I Woods is just more talented than Van Jefferson, yeah, but Van sure. Jefferson is one of those uh, deep sleepers. I'm surprised we didn't see uh, much from Deshaun right. at all. Yeah. He had uh, two targets, two catches. So well, I just want to see Stafford toss one up to Deshaun like Mike Vick used to do because he still got Deshaun still has his speed. So I just want to see one of those plays this year. All right, Monday Night Football, and this was a beautiful one. And if you ever wonder mm. why Boggs is smiling and you're on the Line Star YouTube channel watching the wonderful pre-snap podcast, or if you want to watch the other show we recorded earlier, the baseball on-deck show, you'll notice why Boggs is so happy because the Raiders went in overtime, 33-27. Mm. Uh, there was interceptions. There was long touchdown passes. Everything you could think of took place in this, Boggs. So uh, what's some of your takeaways? 33-27 Raiders. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the first thing is the big question uh, of this week was what is Tyson Williams going to do? What is this Ravens backfield going to look like? And uh, Tyson Williams did outsnap uh, every other running back here, but is 35 for him, 21 for Murray, and nine for Cannon. And they went away. Like, I didn't understand. He had a big touchdown run. It's more, you know, it wasn't anything he did great. It was Corey Littleton whiffing that tackle and not leaving any safety help. And he just took it right in. It was on a fourth down. But um, so I was kind of, it's, he had 7.2 yards per carry. Uh, you know, uh, Murray had 2.8 on his 10 carries, but they gave him more of the grinders work. Cannon had two and a half. Uh, Lamar had the same 7.2, but they gave Lamar more carries than any running back, of course. But Murray out carried him 10 to nine. Now, uh, he got work in the passing game, which Murray didn't. But I want to know what this me means moving forward for this backfield, which is just hard to tell now. You know, Latavius has only been in there since Friday. So, yeah. um, and for him to out carry and score a touchdown, are they just going to move forward with him more? 
or are they going to give the ball to Tyson more because he was better? I just, I have no idea. Uh, on the Raiders side, uh, Darren Waller, uh, career high targets, 19. They are force feeding him the football, which they should. He's great. Um, uh, I was a little disappointed that they didn't get rugs involved until late, but he had two huge catches late. Uh, Edwards had almost a game tying touchdown. He missed it by, you know, uh, half an inch. And then Carr immediately threw a pick. So they ended up winning. It's okay, but that was annoying. Uh, Brian Edwards with five targets, Renfro with nine. Renfro and Cole Beasley. Like, just I just want to say he's a little Cole dude. Beasley. That's him. Right, right. Uh, but uh, Derek Carr looked decent. You know, the one bad interception in overtime, but he also hit Zay Jones for the winner. Uh, Josh Jacobs was sick going into this game. He also had a foot thing uh, midway through the game and sat down and changed shoes a couple times. So, uh, pay attention to that. He only had 10 carries, but he did score twice. So big game for him. So I'm just uh, very, very happy at the end result of this game. Yeah, and the thing with the Lat Murray, if you believe in coach speak, and a lot of it's BS, they um, Harbaugh and company have been raving about Lat Murray, like how he fits perfectly in this offense. And all that, like they just first gushing over him the last couple of days. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go the veteran route there and give uh, the veteran guy to as the rookie learns the pass blocking and that kind of stuff. We'll see. Who knows? But uh, it could be interesting. I, th- I think Murray should be the backup, but we'll see. Uh, good game. Raiders, you snuck away with one. So congrats. <laughs> really good stuff there. All right, Bogman, let's talk about some waiver wire action before we head on out of here this week. The big, big name is Mr. Mitchell coming out of yeah. um, out of San Francisco. How aggressive would you be there? Because we know Shanahan likes to use multiple backs, so it's not like a locked-in guaranteed thing. Yeah, he's the only guy I would be aggressive on this week. But I would go with like maybe 25% of my uh, fab if I if I need uh, um, if I need a running back, I think he's probably the big one there. You know, I mean you can there's Plenty of guys that are under 50% on almost formats. Tevin Coleman led in there. I Philip Lindsay's at 46%. I, I would put some money on him too. But um, yes, they use multiple backs. But if you're in there, you're going to get carries and you're going to have pr- production. So Eli Mitchell, and it's funny that he won this job, even though Sermon was the number two all offseason and in preseason games. So I don't know where it came from. But on the draft show, I said, that Mitchell being drafted after Sermon mm-hmm. reminds me of Aaron Jones being drafted after Jamal Williams. So um, I was not surprised to see that at all. Looks like we just lost Bubba. I think he's going to pop back in here in a second. I think he just exited the wrong window there. Uh, so uh, not surprised. 100%, 100% I was trying to look up. <laughs> I've done that move know. before, man. It sucks. Like, you panic for like five seconds. Uh, but yep. but then you're back in there. But yeah, I mean, I was saying just Eli Mitchell's the only guy I'm willing to pay a decent chunk of my fab for. Yeah. No, and I remember when you said that on the draft show, and it rung it rung supreme because this is this is Niners 101 stuff. Like it, no one's gonna be yeah. shy, like surprised. That's why I love Sermon and all, but you know, Mostert's got the injury history, and you can kind of just picture some of this stuff happening. So, not Sermon has an injury history too. True, very true. And and the funny thing with Sermon is you the big. uh college football guy he wasn't even the main starter till about midway through the season or so last year like he so yeah. he wasn't even the full-time dude and people are goo goo gogging over him so we'll have to wait and see there with, with mitchell and see how that one plays out so i think that's interesting would you rather have lat murray or mitchell uh i would rather have mitchell uh I, lat murray's a decent pickup too after what we saw but they still have bell and freeman on the practice squad so 
you know, that is a mess in Baltimore. Uh, and I, I, I feel like if they just gave the ball to Tyson Williams a little more, he would have been able to run away with it. He still had a good game, even on limited touches. Uh, and hopefully they go back to him. But I just, it seems like they want to give the ball to Murray and, you know, they force fed Gus Edwards. My last, my last running back question for you is it's probably more a PPR league dependent, but out of these three guys, Tony Pollard, who we saw get used a lot in the passing game and, and Zeke still got his, mm-hmm. but Tony Pollard, James White and JD McKissick, who would you prefer out of that? Oh, threesome? God, um, I would still take White in a PPR league because he's just going to keep getting those targets, man. McKissick, yep. it was weird for week one. And uh, who's our other guy? Oh, Paul, I, I like Pollard, but yeah. uh, Zeke outsnapped him by a million miles. So, All right, going to the wide receiver position, one of the big acquisitions going to be coming out of Denver with the uh, Jerry Judy injury. Um, you know, Hamler might be available in some leagues. That's probably a good pickup, but I'm a big Tim Patrick fan. We saw him at times last year get utilized when injuries took place. So I don't mind taking a stab at him. What do you like him in the Denver situation? Yeah. I mean, Patrick is definitely the guy over KJ Hamler out snapped him out, produced him, caught a touchdown. He's uh, ahead of Hamler on the depth chart. So he's the guy. Uh, but I, I, there's a couple guys that I like more than Tim Patrick. I like Sterling Shepard who you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Jalen Rager is probably my favorite uh, out of these guys. Uh, Brian Edwards had a pretty nice game tonight as well. Can't forget about him. Um, I would be okay going after like Elijah Moore or uh, Cole Beasley's under 50%, just barely, but under. Um, and Zach Pascal scored two touchdowns. I'm not interested in Kirk, really. I mean, if you're in a deep league and he's your guy that's available, okay. Watkins led Baltimore in targets. That's another guy that's under 50%. And I think that's everyone that I would want to mention. I'm just going to throw this out here. Just I'm just going to name off a few names. You don't have to give me your thoughts if you want, but just to tell people, just looking at Yahoo in general, like less than 40%. We'll say less than 50, but over less than 40. Devontae Parker is only loaned to 39% of leagues. He's still going to, like I've said it all preseason, with all the weapons there, I know Fuller's coming back. Tua still likes his Parker. I'm just going to go there uh, and tell yeah. you that much. I don't mind Sterling Shepard. Like I said, I've got him pretty much everywhere. But Terrace Marshall still only 20% owned. Like Get on yeah. that one while you can. That one's going to be one. You mentioned Brian Edwards. Nelson Aguilar is interesting. I still want Myers in um, New England, but he's interesting. I love the Jalen Rager call. I'm actually surprised he's only 21% owned. Like, yeah, I that know. was like after after Smith, that's who I wanted in Philadelphia. Right. So I, I can't figure that one out at all. That's because no one was was confident in Hurts at all, I think. True. You know? True. I, I think you're 100% right there because I was even wishy-washy. Like I knew he could run, but how good could he pass? interesting that last year at oklahoma man that really proved it because they pass a lot at oklahoma yeah, so true. that proved it to me last one i'll ask you we got targeted six times only caught two passes for 25 yards but the six targets still stood out to me thoughts on aj green uh pass hard pass <laughs> yeah no i'm not doing it no no all right um tight end positions always kind of wishy-washy you mentioned mike trotman earlier anybody else in the tight end position that stands out to you as a, a go and grab him this week Adam Troutman put some Sorry, respect God. on his name. My name, I'm just, I'm great with names, people. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, who we mentioned before, look, I think Dalton Schultz got the run over Blake Darwin in Dallas too. Yeah, so I, I think he's an ad uh, potentially. I like Conklin in um, yep, Minnesota. Minnesota because they will, they didn't this week, but he'll get more involved. 
And I think Zach Wilson likes Tyler Croft. We saw a lot of that in the preseason. Yeah. I think he's going to get better too. And he had uh, at least five targets. So um, I, th- those are the guys I like as far as tight ends. No one just jumping or leaping off the page at all. Yeah, and Conklin still had four for 41. So it wasn't that, that bad. And they kind of went away from him in the second half, it felt like. So he's in play. But just a couple guys here. You know, you mentioned Njoku, Hooper's 52% on it also. But Komet's only 34%. He's going to be a big, Komet's big a option. Like that, that's too low, low rostered in my opinion. But uh, a couple others down here, Jared Cook for the chart or for the for uh, the chart, not Chargers, the um, yeah, the yeah, Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. yeah, he had eight targets, five for 56. I think he's going to be using that offense. We know that the tight end gets used in yeah. that offense, so I think that's a nice one. He's only 26% owned. You mentioned Jarwin's only 15%. There's a couple, couple low owned guys here that you can definitely uh, take advantage of. The other one, he's and you 66. can dump Mike Gasicki, right. 100%. That's where they go because everyone drafted him. He's going to still be fine this year, but I think they're going to go more to the Waddles and um, and the other big-time receivers they got coming to town. So they're going to spread it out more, I think. It's going to be really interesting. The other guy I will mention, though, he's 66% owned, but that means he still might be available for you. He only had two for 20 and a score, but Gerald Everett could be a streamable guy from time to time yeah. in that Seattle offense. So I'm with you on that for sure. Someone to keep in mind there. But that'll do it, folks. That'll wrap us up for the week one recap and waiver picks for y'all. We'll be back with you guys later this week with our betting podcast for the week two action, which is just around the corner. And your DFS preview, as always. Make sure you check out Line Star on Twitter at Line Star app and at Line Star NFL. Check out Bogman on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Check me out on learning how to use StreamYard for Dummies <laughs> books and on Twitter at BDNTrick. But we will catch you guys next time, everybody. Have fun. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pre-Snap Podcast, presented by Drive Fantasy. Please like, comment, subscribe, and rate for good karma in your fantasy football games.